1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show today. This is your host, Adam Force, And uh, we're going to get amped up a little bit because we're going to be talking to someone who was in the Marines. He's been through a lot of stuff, and he knows how to motivate people. And that is what he's all about. He's about... Helping people grow—it's um, all about performance, habits, uh, building a better life. So, in short, he's a personal growth expert, um, and you know we all need those. We need people who are focused on helping us create these habits, the the right perspectives, the right um, you know mindsets. Um, it's really, really powerful stuff. Even. In our interview with Tony Robbins, he said he works with so many people, whether it's a high-powered CEO or someone just getting started and they're hitting struggles, the roadblocks they hit, he said 80% of the time, it's a mental Roadblock. Okay. So this is huge. And we'd love to bring people like Paul onto the show to really give us these perspectives through their experience. And he works with a lot of big, uh, uh, you know, uh, leaders, CEOs, different companies, and, and he helps people break through those barriers. <laughs> so we're going to hear what he has to say in just a minute. I'll let him do the intro and kind of give you a little bit more of that background of where he's coming from and the experiences he's had. So this is an inspiring talk. So stay tuned for that. Upcoming this month guys, we're in December uh, Very soon, today is The 30th and actually It's going to be a really exciting day, we're, we're Having a uh, couple <laughs> a Really interesting interview with Anne May Chang and uh, Eric Reese as well, they're going to be on the January Cover of Change Creator Magazine Eric Reese was the author Of Lean Startup, Anne May Chang Is the author of Lean Impact We met them at a conference uh, this Past year, hooked up with them, both Of them are really cool, so we're going to do a round roundtable discussion with both of these guys um, and so that's going to be a powerful powerful discussion on having a lean approach to social impact okay so keep an eye out for that uh, and this month we're going to be having an incredible release with Joel Brown and, and Emil Steenveld they are out in Bali doing crazy adventures and changing people's lives through the work they're doing out there And they are all about confidence, mindset, and helping people also grow to break those barriers that are holding them back in their lives. And they've had incredible success. Joel is also the founder of um, Addicted to Success. It's it's the number one motivational platform out there for people. So if you haven't checked out Addicted to Success, you could check out his platform. He gets millions of people going there and it's pretty exciting stuff. So good one to follow too, because it keeps you motivated. Um, so guys, keep an eye That's going to be December 15th. Um, and we're also going to be talking about building a brand that matters in that edition with, uh, Mona Amadeo. She is a rock star in the branding space. And so keep an eye out for that. All right, guys, um... We're going to jump into this conversation. Don't forget, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. I know like iTunes is a pain in the butt to do reviews sometimes, but pop on there when you get a chance. Show the love. Um, it really helps the program kind of propel forward and all that good stuff. And don't forget to check out, we have our Captivate course. Um, we're in the beta session right now still, and it's active, so doors are closed. However... You can sign up, get on the interest list, and when we roll it out again in January, um, we're going to have some phased pricing. So it's going to start <laughs> really um, at the lowest cost possible, will be January. So you're going to want to be notified. So if you're on that interest list, we will notify you um, and let you know when that's getting ready to, to get going. And that is all about storytelling for marketing. And so far, the response has been incredible. So it's been kind of a really exciting process and it's evolving quite a bit just as we go through that beta program. So, really cool stuff there, guys. Um, I think that's all the updates. So, we're going to jump into this conversation with Paul and see what he has to say.
0: I know you're going to dig this.
1: Hey, Paul, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me on your show.
1: Yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome. Um, So you have an interesting background that caught my attention. And if there's one thing I know with having some military uh, family members is uh, you guys are really good at creating systems and being leaders. And so I know you have an incredible amount of experience in that space and a lot to share. So if you could just give people just that. Your your background in a nutshell, let's just start there.
0: Yeah, I spent 15 years as a United States Marine, started off as a private, was uh, recognized for my ability to think beyond the tactical level at that strategic level, and was selected to become an officer. So I got to see both sides of the coin within the military of uh, the enlisted ranks and then the officer ranks. That lasted for about 15 years, and I've been out for a little over three years now.
1: Okay, how's it feel to be out?
0: It's an adventure. <laughs> uh, there's some pieces that that definitely changed across a, a fifteen-year career within our society, and coming back into society, uh, it has been a really fun transition.
1: And is, does anything stand out to you, top of mind, of something that's changed?
0: I think one of the biggest things that's changed is. When you put on a uniform to serve our country, you lose some of your own rights that you are protecting uh, of your fellow citizens. As an officer, I did not have the the breadth of free speech that I have now. You're not allowed to speak out against and express uh, disagreement with the president, uh-huh. like the, the governor of the state that you're in. And when I first got out, I was like, oh, I can talk now. Let me go to Facebook and tell everybody how smart I am Uh, and just went on a, on a verbal rant for a few months. And thank goodness you're able to go and delete those posts uh, (laughs) because they weren't serving me or anybody else. And, uh, understanding, you know, I have the right to free speech and I'm growing in my discernment of when to, to utilize that right
1: yeah i mean it's it is interesting and so maybe you just had it bottled up and you're like man i gotta i gotta pop the cork
0: <laughs> it really was it really was there was a lot of stuff going on so i got out uh like i said three years ago so a lot of things going on for different operations some of which i had been part of the the planning of those missions yeah and yeah. then seeing how they were portrayed on the news i'm just like no this is all messed up let me tell you how this really is and right. how we as americans should look at this and yeah i've i've grown a Lot yeah. since then.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, listen, we all get our, uh, you know, we all have our opinions and stuff. And, um, you know, it depends how things rub us. And, you know, when you're in the military, I, I would be kicked out immediately because there's no way I'm going to hold back what I feel like I got to say. <laughs> but if I disagree with the president, people will probably know.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And what I've learned is there's a different way that I can express what I what I see, what I feel, what I've learned and do so in a way that's enrolling that really promotes respect towards other people and their viewpoints
1: and that is the key i think there is a level of you know, as you get wiser with things, it's kind of like learning to understand that people have a right to an opinion and they may not see the world the same as you and they had different experiences. So there's this understanding and empathy and things like that. But um, yeah, uh, you know, and if if anybody has a real strong opinion, there's just, there's no winning in arguments. So you always just avoid it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: (laughs) So listen, let's dive into some of the, the, learnings and takeaways that you've had from those 15 incredible years, uh, serving, uh, the U S and, um, you know, I want to tap into leadership. And, you know, you know, before we started this call, we kind of touched on the idea of getting out of your own way. And I think there's a lot of us, um, you know, including myself, I mean, there's ups and downs uh, as the year unfolds. And sometimes you do get in your own way. And you have to start setting up routines and systems. And, you know, how do you become that leader that is now making progress? So, Let's tap into that a little bit. And h- how do you define, I guess, leadership for people? Wh- where did you, what did you learn about leadership and how do you define it from the military?
0: Uh, you know, the military has, has their take on leadership. What I, what I see now as uh, being able to bring a group of people together, promote and encourage that collaboration and respect for each other. And, and come together to, to find a way to solve a problem. Mm. And, and the leader is the one that that from, from the ground up brings the right people in the room, pr- promotes that spirit of collaboration and respect uh, to get a job done. The, the way I defined being a good leader to my Marines uh, is get the job done and don't look at just what is that minimum bar to get over. I encourage them to repurpose that bar and make it a rung of a ladder Mm. from which they've, they've accomplished the task with so much excellence that it creates a momentum towards uh, accomplishing other tasks. Yeah. The second aspect was you take care of the team. Sometimes that's bringing in additional team members. Sometimes that's getting rid of team members that aren't working that, especially if they're being disrespectful.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and and the third part is be a good person. in In the Marine Corps, I said just be a good dude, because it was it was really jarring to use words like that. Like, what did you did you just say be a dude? No, be a good dude. <laughs> and so I'd intentionally use my words to jar people to take a fresh look, and I want to make sure that it's gender neutral because I know a lot of women who have absolutely. Positively impacted my life in in my journey post military, so be that good person. Now, if that means it's according to your holy scriptures or your yoga practice, whatever that is, you have a you have a set of values uh, that identify when you are being that good person. Like the core values on your website, you know this. That's huge. Just define what that is and work to exemplify them and role model them every day. If you do those three things, you, I think you're being an excellent leader.
1: (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, and, and so what was some, I guess I'm curious then in your experience, what are some of the obstacles that get in people's way of accomplishing the goals they want to accomplish?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest piece is when you lose the ability to think outside of a box or a a frame, like get, get outside of the boundaries and start thinking and dreaming. Uh, And that, that is where people become their own obstacle. The second way that people become their own obstacle is through judgment, and I'm not t- talking about like that building is taller than this building because we've got data to support that. <laughs> I'm talking about the judgment that says uh, that person shouldn't have cut me off in traffic. Right. I'm gonna lay on my horn. I'm gonna zip back around him and cut him off or give him the one finger salute. <laughs> I'm talking about judgment like that. I'm talking about judgment that you know what I am divorced, which means that I'm a terrible husband. I must mean I'm a terrible person. <laughs>
1: Right, right. When
0: we can let go of judgment like that, then you can bring the systems in place, stay judgment-free as you're working those systems, and really start building and gaining momentum uh, towards achieving your dreams and your goals.
1: Yeah. And I I think, you know, that kind of lends itself to the, you know, philosophical concept of, you know, to change anything on the outside, you first have to change on the inside. Um, these are things, you know, the Dalai Lama and other great thinkers and uh, people have, have stated. So it sounds a little bit like you're saying the same thing. And, you know, one, you have to change how you think and, and think and be willing to, um, you know, I guess they say get out of your comfort zone, think outside the box, do things that are different. And then two, um, you know, I guess hold back on on judgment. Um, it sounds like, which is all from within and that'll help change what you're doing externally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, change does begin with, begin within you. And one of the pieces I started working on in a, in a grad program that I started was how to, how to promote and facilitate change. Mm -hmm. And the thing that knocked my socks off was that change fundamentally induces fear, yeah. You have that fear of the unknown. You have the fear of what's to come. And with that fear, if you as that change advocate or change facilitator are addressing that change with logic or a system or a habit, uh, you're going to fall short in what you're capable of doing to promote lasting change because you're you're taking logic and throwing it towards fear, that emotion. When you learn how to greet That fear with love, with recognizing that there's an emotion, uh, an emotional component of that change, then you're going to have that ability to have that long lasting change.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, fear is always part of. I guess there's always fear for people when you're doing something different, something that you're not familiar with. And there's especially fear when there's things at risk, such as your finances, um, you have a family and like, you know, you got to pay rent, all these types of things. So when it comes to the world of entrepreneurship and trying to pursue what's important to you, right, to do something that matters, um, it is. If for a lot of people that are within our audience or who are listening to this, we have found that they're transitioned, they're transitioning or have transitioned from a job that they just had to pay the bills and they're transitioning to their own thing as an entrepreneur who's trying to do something uh, meaningful, which means, hey, I'm here and I'm building my life. I'm building something that now makes me feel good. It's, it's what I'm supposed to be doing. But there's this, there's a barrier to what you're saying, which is this fear that holds people back because of the risk involved in taking those steps and pursuing that so they get stuck in this rut. And that's one of the things I really wanna help people understand is what steps can you take to start breaking that fear down so that you can make these changes and not get paralyzed.
0: When we take a look at how to promote that change, it takes that nudge to start momentum. We don't have to just knock one out of the park our first time at bat. Like get a nudge of momentum moving us forward. And you do that by doing what, what some people would call like the little things or the small things. I don't like to use that word because it, it goes back into that judgment for me. Yeah. So I talk about the foundational habits, those foundational aspects, they're going to move your life forward. Maybe that's brushing your teeth. Maybe that's making your bed. Maybe that's journaling. Maybe that's drinking twenty ounces of water when you get out of bed first thing in the morning. These are pieces that are foundational for your performance, for your service, for your pursuit of your dreams, of your goals, of your projects throughout the rest of your day. Yeah. So when you can when you can remove that judgmental language and really honor those choices, really honor those decisions of you advancing your life, you're You're extending that momentum from a nudge to maybe a little bit of a shove or a little bit of a a gentle kick in the rear end. Uh, (laughs) And that's how you can really, yeah, and and then it compounds on itself. Uh, Because from there, you go from making your bed and brushing your teeth to, you know what, I am going to wear an unwrinkled shirt to the office today or (laughs) lay my gym clothes out ahead of time. You're going to start identifying these little ways to increase your momentum for the next day
1: which and I I like to hear that and I think it's such an important thing and you know I think a lot of people actually struggle with it it's one of those things where you can know those ideas but it's easy to kind of just do what you're comfortable with and you know it's the the old habits just so anyone listening the old habits you have that you tend to say well I'll start doing stuff that's different like that and then I start falling into my old habits it's falling into what you're just comfortable with and Have you noticed in your experience, um, I mean, it takes time to, to create these habits and, um, you know, so it just takes a little consistency, right?
0: Yeah, I I lost the question there. I'm so sorry. I got a really funky connection going on right now. I'm really sorry. Ask that to me again, would you?
1: Sure. Um, I was saying that a lot of times people get stuck falling back into their old habits because that's, what's comfortable for them. And I'm curious in your experience, how do people get over that hump basically of forming a new habit? I mean, you could just say, well, you just got to stick it out, but I mean, there has to be something that will help. Um, I guess change the perspective of somebody so that they can have a feeling of motivation. So is, is there something that you can almost say to someone to help them think about their situation in a way that they say, well, I got to do this because now they realize like there's this motivation, there's something important there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you nailed it when you said like a perspective shift, when you're taking a look at doing a habit for habit's sake, Oh, man, like, like, take a look at how many times that's been successful for you. I'm going to go to the gym so that way I can say that I've gone to the gym. Right. Like, who does that? <laughs> I'm going to go to the gym so I get in shape. I'm going to go to the gym so that I lose 60 pounds. I'm going to go to the gym so I uh, win a bodybuilding competition. You know, or I'm going to go to the gym so I'm sexier for my significant other. Whatever that is, yeah. there's that higher aspirational purpose. Yes. Yes. So when you get really clear on what it is that you want to accomplish, then you can take a look at what are those skills required to learn it? What are those habits required to promote it? What is that consistent action you take to advance yourself to accomplish in that goal, that dream, that project? In doing that, it might suck. And one of the things that we said in the Marine Corps was embrace the suck Uh my friend and mentor Brendan Burchard talks about honor the struggle. So as you're ironing out your dress shirt, as you're laying your gym clothes out, uh, and and that four o'clock alarm goes off for you to go to the gym and start your day, you recognize that that's not comfortable. It's a struggle. It sucks. Yeah. You call it out. I, I ask my clients to just use their voices and identify it verbally. Get out of your head. Right. Say, "Yep, this sucks. I don't enjoy waking up at four in the morning. However, I'm going to enjoy looking good for my lady.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going
0: to, I'm going to enjoy having 60 pounds less of body mass that I'm walking around with every day. This is worth it. I think a lot of people are, are, are looking for these feel good habits. Yes. Uh, it, it's not that you might, you might not enjoy the process. You're going to enjoy the achievement.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. And one of the things that stuck with me, and I, I, I think that everything you're saying is so. Spot on. It's just based on my own experience, right? And um, you know, you do have to keep an eye on the ball, like where are you going and why, um, and you know that can be motivating in itself because you want to accomplish something. So you have, to, you have this mission. So the process may be a little painful. and Sometimes, you know, like for example, going to the gym, it may suck for a while. You don't like it, but you have this your eye on the prize. But over time, it when it really just becomes habit, you start to enjoy that process a little bit too. Um,
0: um, absolutely. You know. <laughs> I've well, noticed that. <laughs> and take a look at the habit that you've made in, in going through the process of developing lactic acid or, or losing that weight. You're developing a habit of honoring the activity. Yes. And yes. not for the activity's sake. It's because you have a higher aspirational purpose. So it absolutely makes sense that eventually you're going to love doing that because you've made a conscious effort to honor it first. Right. And then you're going to get enjoyment because you have built that habit.
1: Exactly. And, and, you know, I would add to it to say, you know, and, you know, let me know your thoughts here. But like one of the most motivating factors that I have found is when the pain of not making the change, right, is greater than the pain of actually going through the process.
0: Yeah, I think. There's a lot of talk around that about like the pain threshold and people will stay stuck in an old habit because the pain of change isn't high enough. And it feels like a giant algebra formula with the little alligators <laughs> that eat the less than or greater than. And I'm like, you know what, like pain avoidance is a great way to get started. And and if that's where you're at is that that you're in pain and you want to get out of pain, that's a great first start. Along the way, I, I the, the thing that I ask my clients to take a look at is yeah. not from a place of pain avoidance, but what is your dream? Like, let's say the pain is resolved. Let's say that you're no longer have, having too much month at the end of your uh, paycheck, that there's not that financial pain, that these these pain points are clear, clean, everything's level. What is your dream? Right. And then using your language to uh, to change your thoughts to change your actions as you go out and accomplish that like going out that's the motto of my company go out and win your dreams today right because there's something that you can do there's a system there's a habit there's a book there's a conversation that you can put in place today to bring you closer to that dream right again if that dream initially is to stop the pain in whatever area of your life that is that's a great starting point do that and then start really living into, well, what is it that you want? Because pain is about like what you don't want, right?
1: Well, exactly. And and I, I guess to give it some context, like the way that it, I'll share my own personal insight is, you know, there was a point in my life after 15 years of professional corporate life, right? Same as your same length as your military experience. And I was yeah. you know really getting burnt out and I just looked at him and I said, listen, so is this who I want to be this, this kind of routine 10 years from now? And the idea of being that same person 10 years from now was far more painful than me changing my habits, trying to do new things and putting the effort out there to change. So I was like, okay, I would regret it deeply if I don't start taking action. So I motivated, (laughs) you
0: know, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah. And as you're taking those steps towards your aspirational self, how many amazing people have you have you come in contact with?
1: Oh, my God. You kidding me? I've literally been on the phone with Nobel Peace Prize winners.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was the biggest thing. Like, as I got started, I was like, well, this is going to be alone. This is going to be a lonely journey. A lot of the relationships I had at that time were not with other dreamers. Right. Right. Not with other action takers. And I was terrified. And if that's anybody in your audience, like, please know. As soon as you start taking a step towards creating this change in your life, you're going to attract these other people, these other relationships into your life, and you're going to build a new support network for yourself. And it's not going to be lonely.
1: Yes. Yes. And it's your story, right? So like whatever your personal story is and the direction that you're taking your life, that will attract people who will relate to that or lift you up in that space. So it you're right. You just become this magnet for it and it, it is amazing to your point like you look back and you're like oh man if i didn't talk to that person i never would have met this person and then this would have never it's like this whole oh yeah domino effect and it's incredible right. so getting out there and, and i guess making yourself a little vulnerable too right that's like part of this is be vulnerable put yourself out there let people know what your dreams are otherwise you know that's how the universe responds to you
0: absolutely and when you're aware of what it is that you really want in your life, you're willing to take those calculated risks. You're willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to be vulnerable. And again, it's because of the community. It's because of the support. Ultimately, it comes down to it is your, it is your dream. It is your focus. It is your passion. Right. And when you're clear on that, you're willing to do the work. You know, one of my clients said, well, it sounds like you're going to have me doing a lot of hard work. And I'm like, ah, uh, Let's assess the hard part at the end, like at the end of the journey, right? And we got to the end of our our first round of coaching. and, And I asked him, I was like, well, how hard was that? And he goes, well, it really felt like I just took one step at a time.
1: Right and that's it. You know, like you see everybody, that's the thing too. And you know, you, you uh, have clients and you work with them. Um, You know, you're a a performance strategist. And so when you are talking to people, do you find that people tend to want to go from point A to Z, uh, you know, really quickly versus going through A, B, C, D, like the small steps you mentioned a ladder earlier, which I think is a perfect analogy.
0: Yeah. Well, you're talking to one of those people. Like I want to, I want to go from A to, you know, whatever that Excel spreadsheet thing is, like double Z, <laughs> yeah. triple Z. Like, let's skip the end of the alphabet. Let's, let's go into this unknown space. And being aware that you're going to put work in to grow and transition through these steps. Uh, I didn't get that memo. My team still reminds me of the memo sometimes. <laughs> Paul, you want to put out this new online course? Great. You want to do it tomorrow? Right. Do you, do, you, do you have the content? Do you have the webinar? Do you have the flow? Oh, I... I forgot about those steps. <laughs> so yeah, w- w- the the biggest piece that I, uh, that I like to teach, and I learned this from my main man, Verna Burchard, with anything that you're going to do there, it can be broken down into five major steps. Step two might have 20 sub steps and step four might only have three. Regardless, you're going to have five major steps. And if you can, if you can take a look at what those are and identify those, schedule those out. Um, and then here's the secret. Celebrate. Schedule celebration into your life.
1: Yeah.
0: When you celebrate your wins, you're gonna create momentum so that you can go out and win again. So when you have those five major steps, you schedule in celebration. And maybe the the final step that you've accomplished, that project, that dream, that goal, well, Fiji, here I come. You know, or Montana, I'm coming back home for a vacation. (laughs) You you schedule those things, yeah. and that also serves as a a, a a bit of accountability for your work and your productivity. Yeah, because you're working to achieve something, not working to avoid that pain uh, or avoid that discipline from from failure. You're proactively working to achieve that that piece that you want in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I love the celebration um, talking point because. You're right. And I like, you know, actually, you took it a step further, because I would usually tell people, I'm like, don't forget, like, you know, it's not like when you listen to a song, you don't, you don't. your objective is not to get to the end. It's to enjoy the process. Right. And if you're going through the process, that means every little ladder, like we talked about, like, you should yeah. be celebrating the wins of progress. But I like that you said schedule the celebration. Don't just, I, I would say just celebrate, make sure you, you appreciate and you're grateful for those wins. But no, I like the idea of scheduling it in there and like go and have a beer with friends. Celebrate. Do something to just celebrate. I love that.
0: Absolutely. And And I work with my clients to make sure that you have a spectrum of celebration options. Sometimes it's going to be like some silent self-talk. You close your eyes, you take a beat, you take a few breaths and you're like, going. You crushed that. You, you, you served that client, you reached out for the marketing campaign, whatever that is. I talk to myself in that, whatever it is, second or third person. (laughs) Uh, and, and I, and I'll do the self-talk other times I stand on top of my desk and I proclaim my victory with some cheesy British accent. (laughs) Uh, So you develop a spectrum, right? Because, and this is one piece that I learned in the military There's this thing called auditory exclusion, Mm. that the sound of the gunfire and everything will fade into the background, and then your mind will be able to focus on those things that are necessary for your survival. If you hear a bunch of machine guns, it may not be bullets coming at you. Right. So your mind shuts that out. Right. What I've noticed with people that are on a journey of growth uh, is that they may have a track record of winning. They typically do. Yeah. Yeah. But they have allowed that w- those wins in their lives to become kind of like that auditory exclusion. Right. And if you're not used to being around a bunch of machine guns, maybe that you've lived next to an airport or you've lived next to a railroad or the sound of the interstate, the sound of the ambulances and fire trucks, all of that eventually dissipates and you don't hear it anymore. Right. So yeah. when you celebrate your win, you break that exclusionary cycle. Right. And I, and I challenge my clients, get eccentric with this. Have fun. The more eccentricity that you will have, the more momentum that you will generate. And then you focus that momentum at a struggle you're having. Right. Maybe it's brushing your teeth. Maybe it's finishing the fourth quarter financials. It doesn't matter. The framework, the system works for any application.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. I like that. And and so I'm I'm curious, you know. One of the things, and we'll we'll wrap up here, I want to be respectful of your time. but um, you know we're talking about people who are looking to grow in their life um, and become a high performer in business. Um, you know this is what entrepreneurship is. if If we do well in in a social business, then we can have more impact on people because that's the business model. So let's just talk for a minute about you know the leadership skills that someone should possess in order to be a high performer. Is there anything that stands out to you based on your experience and what you teach people?
0: Absolutely, it comes back to those three components. Get the job done. And that means you're gonna use communication skills uh, to understand that job better. Mm. If it's something that's your brainchild, It's your baby. It's your project. You're going to work with someone to communicate that and make sure that it's clear. If it's not your project and it's coming down from your supervisor, boss, manager, senior officer, whatever it is, get really, really clear on what the job is so that way you can accomplish the job with excellence. Mm. That second piece, take care of the team. Uh, Simon Sinek has a book called Leaders Eat Last, and he bases it on the Marine Corps' concept that if you are a senior Marine, you eat last. And that is something that is very, very tightly policed, uh, and they have no problems calling you out and and correcting you. (laughs) Uh, It's it's literally looked at as selfish.
1: Interesting. Um, Okay.
0: So, sometimes taking care of the team is that you eat last. Sometimes it's that they go home first, or you're in the office first. You're going to you're going to understand those nuances of what the team requires to be successful to accomplish that task. That's why you're the leader. Right. So been there use those communication skills, talk with the team, encourage that collaboration. And that's always rooted in respect. Love it. So take care of that team. Yeah. And then that and then that third part, be a good person. And whether that comes from your own like manifesto of your core values, if it comes from your uh, Ten Commandments, if it comes from the Golden Rule, if it comes from the Eightfold Path, wherever it is, get clear, and be aware that it is very likely to be a journey, not a destination.
1: Yeah, I and think that you yeah I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Uh, that you incorporate these pieces into a daily practice. Yes, to to give yourself a little bit of self love uh, when things don't go exactly according to your manifesto, like, okay, I'm learning and growing every day.
1: Those are beautiful steps and they align so well with, you know, it's the mentality, the intention behind a entrepreneur who is, you know, trying to have a social impact. I mean, these are the types of, um, thinkings and, and learnings that are really important. You know, it is kind of thinking of putting people first and, um, you know, having certain disciplines and habits. I, uh, I really appreciate the things that you're saying and I'm curious, you know, who are, who do you typically work with? Is it, um, is it entrepreneurs? Is it, uh, do you coach just anybody? Mm-hmm. Like what's your typical clientele?
0: I, I have everything from small business owners to lawyers that have their own law firms or marketers that have their own firms. The the people that I really enjoy working with are those that are aware that there's like a a hole in their soul. Like there's a there's a burn for like something more. Yeah. And they might not even be clear about what it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And for me to work with them, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you don't know. That's gonna be part of what we uncover and discover in our work together. And once we get clear about what that is that you want in your life, uh, whether it's like more relationships in your life or more money or more time to spend with your kids or your your significant other or your team, whatever that more is, there's these frameworks that that can be applied to help you get that. And it it really starts with letting go of that judgment, getting yourself out of your own way.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you say there's frameworks and I think there really are. I think there's like some fundamental things to understand. And then of course the harder part is the actual execution and, and putting it into play. So um, one of the- So things, true. Right? And I think that one of the things I valued about what you were saying is be clear about what you're trying to do because yeah. if you're clear, then your communication will be clear as well, which will attract mm-hmm. more people to your to what you're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the fun things for me is these these frameworks that I'm developing. It's not just Paul Gowen's good ideas that I've, you know, learned from the school of hard knocks. Uh we have this n- new emerging cognitive psychology, it's uh, a field within cognitive psychology called uh linguistic relativity. Okay. And I'm diving into where these um experiments have already been proven that your language changes your thoughts. It changes your actions. It changes the world around you. And it doesn't matter what your mother tongue is. Yeah. Or another way of saying that, it doesn't matter how you've always spoken in the past. Right. And so by, by being clear that this isn't just my ideas, it's backed by cognitive psychology, then I get really excited. Yeah. Because uh, then I can use more of those pieces from neuroscience and cognitive psychology to really amplify my journey uh, as well as those people that I'm entrusted to serve.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. I love, you know, and there's so many interesting things going on with science and really delving into those cognitive things. I I'm a big fan of, you know, as a as an entrepreneur and our support for entrepreneurs. We really lean into the idea of telling your origin story in order to attract your audience. And I think the incredible thing I've learned is the science that's involved. I mean, hearing the, a communication from someone, a certain story that goes in a certain uh, format, um, it actually has a neurological change. And so to your point, the the language, the words, there's a really interesting um, bit of science around these things and how it actually changes the brain chemistry.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And once you understand the science, then that's where you get to come in with the art.
1: Yes, love it. Yeah, that's great. Well, listen, Paul, I think this is all really fascinating stuff, and um, I love what you're teaching people, um, and why don't you just take a second to let people know, how how do they find you um, and connect with you?
0: Yeah, you can go and find me on Facebook or the internet by typing in gowin.today. And that's, uh, that's the main places that I communicate to my tribe and my students. And uh, I'll uh, coordinate with you and put into the show notes a link that if they want to take one of my uh, free language assessments to see where they're at with their words sure. uh, to change their thoughts and actions, I'd, I'd love to give that to your listeners.
1: Absolutely. Happy to share it. Excellent. All right, Paul, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your experiences and expertise. I hope everybody found this helpful as I did. Um, If you have any questions, you know where to reach me. All right.
0: All right. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Take care, man.
0: That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the Change Creator Revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast.